As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hello and welcome to another Star Wars Minute. It's your daily podcast in which we analyze, we scrutinize, and yes, celebrate Attack of the Clones one minute at a time. I'm Alex Robinson from comicbookalex.com. I'm Pete the Retailer from petetheretailer.com. And I am Ben Lindbergh from The Ringer, the sports and culture site. Welcome, Ben. Thank you. Happy to be here. You are our second all-star of the week and a debuting as guest commentator. Yes, I'm happy to be added to the roles. This is an honor. <laughs> Trial by fire in this case. <laughs> well, we've, we've kind of, uh, you know, you, you lucked out, you got minutes. They are both kind of sports and culture in a sense. Yes, that's true. There is a, a combination there. I, I can, if we can just uh, take a minute to do a quick behind the scenes making of the minute of of Star Wars minute give listeners a little peek behind the curtain you actually sent me an earlier minute initially in what you said was a clerical error and as Thrawn says it's only a, an error doesn't become a mistake until you refuse to correct it right so you corrected it <laughs> you sent me the right minute and I was sort of hoping that you had made a mistake because minute 106 was not the richest text really and so i'm happy to be here i'll take the worst minute of the the worst movie if that's what it takes but i had high hopes when you sent minute 107 and then i quickly discovered that it's almost identical to minute 106 <laughs> it was not much of an improvement yeah it wasn't like i accidentally sent you attack of the clones instead of empire or something like that <laughs> right yes would you would you have rather had like padme and anakin falling in love kind of minutes <laughs> I think so. I think, yeah, I mean, those are excruciating in a certain way, but give you more mockable material, I would say. Well, you haven't you haven't experienced excruciating until you spent a week talking about the droid factory scene. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. We're still like... recovering from that. <laughs> well, thanks for coming. We are, of course, talking about Minute 107. What else could it be except Minute 107 of Attack the Clones? It starts off with uh, the fearsome Nexu killing a uh, Picador and in the arena, and it ends a minute later with uh, Dooku and the gang watching from their uh, viewing box, just like in sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you think the... How, how are the benefits for a, a Picador? Is that... <laughs> uh, you, the salary's got to be pretty high, right? Because that's a, a dangerous profession. Well, it's either they, very high or very low. Yeah. <laughs> are they salaried? Are they on staff? Do they get you know uh, benefits and workman's comp and stuff, or are they are they basically yeah. contracted? I think it's more of a seasonal occupation, perhaps, or mm. in, until you're murdered, which probably doesn't take too long <laughs> for the typical picador. I'm going to guess that they don't have uh, strong unions in the uh, Geonosis, so I'm going to guess that's a pretty low-paying, uh, yes, or the... maybe even forced gig. Maybe they're like prisoners who are, it's kind of like, uh, what are they called, those prisoners who get to do stuff? Like uh, work? Conscripts? Work yeah. Uh, the yeah they... Oh, well, I'll, it'll come to <laughs> The union leaders keep getting impaled, is what we're saying. Right. Yeah. 
so yeah it starts off with the um the nexu uh the the like, lizard cat thing and uh last yesterday we talked about the accolade so i have some trivia about the nexu for mm. everyone today so right. um the nexu this is all of course according to the uh wikipedia and uh the nexu comes from the planet Sh- cholgana C-H-O-L-G-A-N-N-A Cholgana Sounds mm. like you nailed it on the first attempt <laughs> Well, you, do you, uh, you like my accent work on that one? <laughs> um, sounds like Cholgana like, Why don't you go Cholgana Nexu? Yeah, I can tell you were an off-worlder but you came close <laughs> they, are, they are fearsome creatures as should be obvious they, People have tried to breed them for like guard animals but they're too fearsome they cannot be trained um, as our f- sad friend the peak door learned mm-hmm. um, uh, in the infinities comic book i don't know if you guys are familiar with that one uh jabba had um some nexu and they run them they ran amok and ran through jabba's palace and killed a bunch of i guess presumably squid faces and uh a man of mans and all those guys and so after they managed to kill the nexu someone said maybe you should get a rancor instead and he was like hmm so, <laughs> so you could interpret that to mean that he had a uh, a nexu prior to the rancor and uh, hmm. in that same uh, area under the mm-hmm. under the dais. Unclear. Did Malakili also handle the uh, <laughs> the uh, nexu? By the way, I, I think we say Quarren now. Squid, oh, really? Squid faces is, uh, is looked down upon these days. <laughs> I, I apologize to any. Uh, Quarren, who, who who might have been offended by that? <laughs> well, I guess you don't have to be Quarren anyway. Um, and so, uh, so another um, apparently, I'm rolling my eyes as I say this. Uh, Alana Solo, the daughter Alana of Princess, uh, Princess Leia and um, Han Solo, who I guess now does not exist. Sure, her universe was destroyed. In the uh, she had a like Marty McFly thing where she yeah. looked at a picture of herself and disappeared. Right. Even Han Solo is not a solo anymore, evidently. No, that's true. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, this kind of goes against the whole thing we've just been hearing about, but um, someone gave her a, a cub as a pet, and hmm. uh, she named it Angie, A-N-J-I. <laughs> you should always read the Wikipedia entry before you give a pet <laughs> to a child <laughs> in the Star Wars maybe, universe. Maybe didn't like her very much. <laughs> Um, and finally, uh, it's unclear that apparently um, uh, Askak, the, oh. sen- the senator from, uh, is he the senator or the junior senator from Malastare? <laughs> I get Askak and Axmo confused, uh, but <laughs> politician from Malastare, we'll say. Yeah, uh, Askak and uh, Poggle the Lesser paid to have um, Nexus added to their collections. So I don't know if that means that they were added, like, obviously Poggle the Lesser has one here, mm-hmm. but like, does Ask Ak have one? Or I almost imagine it being like a canned hunt type situation where they kind of capture this thing and let Ask Ak come up and just kind of kill it and be like, oh, yes, you know. I killed it. <laughs> I killed an Exu. Right. <laughs> so uh, anyway, canned hunting, terrible. He, but, he's got like a Nexu rug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a uh, a umbrella stand made out of a foot or something. Oh. <laughs> Wait, now why is that sad? But the the rug was okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, so there you go. That's all the information I have about Nexus. Nice. Um, 
Yeah, it seems, you know, it, it, we, we talked about this a little bit, but the, the it seems like the... Um, they're a little bit reluctant these these large beasts mm-hmm. um you know in the uh, in the script and i think the idea you know behind it is that they would you know come out and they they see that there's you know bait you know they see that there's people tied to these sticks and they're like oh i'm gonna get them but instead like the way it plays out on the screen it seems more like i don't want to go do that and they like <laughs> prodded and shoved into the arena and they're like fine humans they- again yeah. <laughs> right. Well, the reek, according to my research, as maybe you've already mentioned, is an herbivore, right? So it's been starved in order to make it more aggressive. And meat. yes, and they've yeah. been prodded with these picador sticks. So they're clearly not in the best mood, but they do seem to have to be prompted to eat the victim. Yeah. I wonder if that's like, uh, don't they. they like junkyard dogs they give them like they feed them yogurt all the time right yeah. so then they're like bloodthirsty yeah they're clearly not being kept under PETA approved conditions right. here what i'm saying is i just i would like to see the next who eating yogurt <laughs> that you work at some kind of product placement there right there you go greek yogurt <laughs> uh, i like the detail of i think it's a, a great little detail when they're you know they're the Nexu kills the Picador, and then it cuts to, um, you know, our heroes just talk, discussing things. And in the background, you can see that the Nexu is continuing to eat the Picador until another Picador has to come and, and you know, uh, cattle prod it or Nexu prod it to come back into the... Right, you know, right. It doesn't arena. really like seem that. to spoil its appetite, though. No. <laughs> well, you know... Probably just you... kind of hungrier. Geonosins, it's mostly shell. You know, you get it just a tiny bit of meat inside. That's right. <laughs> uh, ben, do you have a favorite of the three um, creatures? If you had to, if you had to own one of them, well, I, I'd say, I, I mean, I'd say the accolade probably looks like the scariest, but based on what we see in this minute, might actually be the safest to own because mm-hmm. it seems. As if, and we're skipping ahead in this minute a little bit, but Obi-Wan's evasive maneuvers are limited to moving his head slightly to the side and hopping very slowly. And that seems to be enough to evade these pincers and claws. So just from a storage safety perspective, I would go with the Ackley, which seems to have so many limbs and such long limbs that it isn't in control of them. Yeah, it's not a very uh, not a very precise. Uh, maybe it has very bad eyesight. That's why it doesn't be. know where to uh, to go. Well, the Nexu mm-hmm. also has four sets, uh, four two pairs of eyes: one to see regular and one to see infrared. Oh, that's in handy. Case in case you're curious, I assumed mm-hmm. all animals can see infrared. Is that not is that not true? Uh, I don't think it's true. I can't. Can I you? I don't think clams can see infrared. <laughs> like I could be wrong. I might be thinking of Dungeons and Dragons uh, monsters who can oh, okay. have information. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, we get in this minute. Um, I think probably the worst yes. delivery of. Uh, I got a bad feeling about this. In multiple ways, right? It's not of all the times that this line is said. I think there we're up to ten now, and. Not only is this the most emotionless reading of the line, not only 
do I not feel that he has a bad feeling? I get the sense that he has no feelings about anything (laughs) ever from this line reading. But also just the timing of this sentence seems pretty inappropriate, right? Like the I have a bad feeling about this comes usually when there's a sense of foreboding, when we are entering a dangerous situation. This seems like past having a bad feeling. This is being chained to a pillar in an execution arena with three rampaging animals approaching. This seems like the bad feeling should have been maybe before when they were (laughs) entering the execution arena at some point before actually being chained to the pillar. Like after he parked his starfighter and was walking towards the the castle, we're like, oh, I've got a bad sure. feeling about this. Yeah, but yeah, not uh, you know, it doesn't take a genius to have a bad feeling about being chained. No. <laughs> Does not take Jedi powers to sense that this is a dangerous situation. Obi Wan should have said, uh, "Oh, you have a bad feeling about this, Chewie. Take the professor in the back and you know, let's say, wait, right." Yeah, doesn't seem like, oh, wow, you're, you, what, you truly are the chosen one if you have force powers that could detect <laughs> that you are in a bad situation. <laughs> Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Um, on, the, on the plus side, though, mm-hmm. we've got uh, what appear to be, I, I can't tell if it's the, the just natural sound of uh, Geonosians or if it's uh, Vuvuzelas. Vuvuzelas. Right. Either way, I like it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a nice atmosphere at this execution. This is an execution I would want to be spectating at. It seems like there's a lot of enthusiasm in the crowd. You've got chants. You've got everyone standing. Everyone's really into it, not only Newt Gunray. So this is is what you want to see at an execution, I'd say. (laughs) They should have had Newt Gunray and those guys having, like, uh, souvenirs, like banners. and Totally. you like know, big like foam that. fingers and right. yeah. cotton candy. <laughs> yeah. T shirts. Can't tell apart without a program. <laughs> uh, another thing I would have liked to have seen, and this is kinda of, this is not like it just would have been a nice detail if to have it so that they were not the only prisoners. So like there mm. would have been like other people and you would have seen someone get killed by these creatures to kind of increase the like wow, there! Not only would you get to see some other alien get killed by a giant monster, but it, you know it would help to increase the tension, and then so on. And then the, after the alien got killed, that's when Anakin could have said, "I have a bad feeling about this." <laughs> right. <laughs> to uh, underscore that. Yeah, you'd think just from an efficiency standpoint, you'd want to get more than three people to an execution if you're going to sell out this arena which again according to wikipedia has a hundred thousand geonosian capacity you'd think you'd want to give them a little more than three executions although this one proves to be pretty entertaining most of them i i can't imagine would last very long because that's the other thing do you think that they are chained to these pillars in recognition of their abilities or is this the standard way in which prisoners are disposed of because 
you'd think that the typical prisoner wouldn't put up much of a fight in this situation. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not clear if they're, su- if, if they're supposed to be fighting back or not. <laughs> right. Like, well, it, it, it seems like it'd be more entertaining to have them fight back, but then why go through the trouble of chaining them up? If they, yes. weren't, if they, were, if they were just regular people, they would just get impaled like in the first four seconds and then everyone's like okay everyone see you next month or whatever the (laughs) yeah who's normally being executed here are they geonosians that have committed crimes are they uh outworlders always Hmm. because if they're geonosians that are normally being executed they're chained so they don't fly away i'm assuming Mm. good point that makes sense so maybe they just, you know, they don't know any better. They're like, well, I better chain these humans up so they don't fly away. <laughs> but are the chains long enough? Doesn't someone wind up standing on top of the... I know uh, Padme winds up climbing. Does she climb up? Yes. Yeah. Does she kind of like swing climb? I oh, know she climbs and then swings. Right? To get the yeah, top she, of it? Yeah, she right. climbs and then she swings down as an attack move. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, and that, of course, sparks Obi-Wan's, uh, great pun about, oh, she thinks, she seems like she's on top of things. Yeah. Get it, Anakin? Because she's on top of the pillar, you see? <laughs> Never. I wrote, uh, yeah, Obi-Wan equals Roger Moore. It's a very, like, 70s James Bond thing. Yeah. Do you think in later years when Obi-Wan is waiting for Luke to hit puberty and it's just him and the crate dragons... He ever just chuckles to himself and says, on top of things. <laughs> that was a good one. Yes. He relives his greatest hits. Of, yeah. Of, of he's tra- he's like, the negotiations were short. <laughs> <laughs> they certainly were. You must, uh, I guess Qui-Gon probably sh- hung out with him a lot at the, uh, in the, to show up as a force ghost or a force uh, voice or whatever. He wound up uh, manifesting himself, you know? Hmm. Maybe. Well, maybe we didn't really establish how you know if they can just do that all the time and they can just be around or if it takes like concentration and effort for them to show up and mm. kind of manifest that's true plus you have to swim all the way back from Dagobah and right <laughs> so on uh, so to add to Padme's skills uh, you know I was complaining a few weeks back about how she you know she knows how to fly spaceships and uh, shoot guns and stuff, and here she apparently learned lock picking at uh, at diplo- diplomacy camp. Right, Geonosian lock picking, no less. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so, and she That's had a, a lock pick on her, and her funeral gown came with a lock pick. In, in how convenient. <laughs> yeah, she seemed very resigned to death for someone who is very shortly going to make an escape attempt. Right, like it was just thirty seconds or so ago that she was giving Anakin the final kiss and essentially signing off to the universe. And then on the walk to the pillar, she is already making her escape. Well, now she's got something to live for. <laughs> right. It seems like that would have been a good time to be like, okay, listen, I have a lock pick in my, in my <laughs> you know, I'll use a bobby pin to pick the lock. Use your Jedi force powers to do this and that. And, you know, I'm glad to get rid of this guy. So Yeah, maybe she was hoping that he would get killed first and then she could pick the lock and run off. that's the impressive thing is that it's not a bobby pin right usually in the movie scene where the heroine escapes her hair is down and you see that she was using the hairpin but padme's hair is is still up she doesn't even need the hairpin she just has the handy lock pick attached to her 
costume somewhere around her belt. Yeah. Not a a great job of frisking by the picadors or whoever's in charge of that. Essentially, she wore a Batman outfit to a funeral (laughs) earlier. (laughs) Uh, Yes, that would have been a great time for her to to pull the bobby pin out and do the slow motion hair, uh, you know, (laughs) fluff her hair out and Anakin looking at her all the music all swelling as he falls in love with her. (laughs) (laughs) And then he gets gored by a reek. (laughs) Gored by a reek. (laughs) <laughs> this uh, is yeah. one of the the most natural scenes in their relationship though if anything just because for these couple of minutes padme doesn't say anything there's no interaction between the two so after you get the profession of love it's just silence which is a merciful relief really for us just to have her with a lockpick in her mouth so she can't speak and <laughs> otherwise occupied so we can't get any additional dialogue here. So that is the saving grace of Attack of the Clones action scenes. <laughs> yeah. At least when they're all fighting, nobody's... Well, sometimes <laughs> they're talking. They talk to each other a lot less when they're fighting. So. Yes. Um, I have a question. I have a question. Would the Jedi and Queen Amidala... Or, uh, Senator Amidala, excuse me, be more valuable as, like, prisoners than as reek meat? (laughs) Like, it seems like that would be a good thing to, like, bargain, you know, either, like, you know, break them down as, you know, uh, Patty Hearst style or, you know, have them have uh, Padme issue a statement against the Republic and say, you know, like, something like that. Well, this is personal for Newt now, right? He's not thinking clearly at this point. I think he is... His judgment is clouded. He's like Anakin after he slaughters the Tusken Raider camp. He is uh, not dispassionate anymore. He wants her head, as he said in an earlier scene, I believe. And <laughs> On so, his desk. Yeah, right, exactly. So that's his motivation here. I don't know why everyone else is going along with it, but I guess it's just to appease him, to get the, the Trade Federation in the fold, maybe? Yeah, that's what I'm guessing, is that he was like, oh, we'll make them into hostages. and No, I, she must be killed. You know, like, right. he, he, that was the deal breaker for him. And he's like, all right. <laughs> he checked with Sidious, and Sidious was like, it doesn't matter. The Jedi will interfere. and you know, and so, Or maybe he even said, oh, yeah, Mace Windu's on his way already. So just keep him fighting for a little bit, and then we'll... Uh, you know. I, I like that this is... Uh... A one-man show. It's almost turning into you doing all the different voices. <laughs> then people calling each other. Uh, yeah, of, of course, I've, I forgot the big picture. The big picture is that this doesn't matter. Yes. This, Yet this again. a menace, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Yet again, demonstrating that they would do something without the approval of the Senate. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, the, none of the, the... All the actual politics, like the... Uh, you know the the separatists and the clone, uh, the not the clones yet, but the the separatists, the Senate, the vote, all that stuff is all just a ruse. It's all just a a means to an end for Palpatine. So Palpatine, if 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 they did call Palpatine right now to be like, we have you know a prisoner, he would he wouldn't even take the call because he's in the middle of getting <laughs> the emergency powers that was this whole thing was about. Right, he has Masa made a screening right now just in right. case. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm sure he's buried under congratulatory telegrams, and you know everyone trying right. to, uh, you know, get their uh, get get 
grease their palms and, and so mm-hmm. on because they're so corrupt. I don't know if you guys heard. The Senate <laughs> is very corrupt. Mm. <laughs> um, well, we have another instance, of course, of uh, speaking of the reek earlier. Speak of the reek. Um, <laughs> reek of another the instance of Anakin writing something. Hmm. Mm. That's right. Which goes better than the last time. Yeah, yeah, it is markedly better. It's still not perfect, but it's definitely better than. Uh, I mean, at least better looking. He doesn't. He doesn't do the whole uh, fall surfing. down and pretend to be dead thing. <laughs> right. Yeah, or or the surfing. He doesn't try to ride the reek. <laughs> like, they also make no attempt to placate the creatures force wise right now. Currently, there is uh, an attempt later, as you as you mentioned, Anakin rides the beast after soothing it, but that would have been a good thing to do from the start, you'd think, but they didn't attempt the force appeasement when the creatures first marched in. Yeah. That's kind of an overlooked Jedi power, the animal control, not quite animal control, but sway animals, like level one Mm -hmm. sway animals. Right. Well, I guess that's there are different Jedi who are more. Um, you know, the different the Jedi have different uh, specialties. Yeah. And so they probably didn't even bring the the, the sway animals guys to no. the battle. Like <laughs> as soon as they got there, like, oh, giant animals! We should have brought Steve. <laughs> Doesn't really seem like a Skywalker strength. No. Yeah, that's true. If anything, the Skywalkers are constantly being attacked by animals. You got Wampas and uh, <laughs> Dianoga, Dianoge. <laughs> Maybe he, the animals heard that, the, like the Genosians were like, you know what he said? He said that uh, he killed a bunch of sand people because they were like you. Oh, and, and the, the animals were just like, what? We're nothing <laughs> like the Gorfus. <laughs> <laughs> nothing like the Gorfus. <laughs> Uh, do we have anything else specific for minute 107? No. Those are all my specifics for this. Ben, do you have anything else? I don't think so. We're we're not even up to the Padme clothing removal section of this scene. So <laughs> we're, you gotta build. Have, That's for sweeps, sweeps a day later, yeah, later right. in the week. <laughs> so I, I suppose I have nothing more to add. Well, this is traditionally the time where we ask our uh, debut guest commentators, such as yourself, um, about their uh, memories of Attack of the Clones, first time seeing it, any of that stuff? Anything you care to share? Yeah, you know, I was young enough, I guess I was in high school when this came out, and I was young enough when The Phantom Menace came out that I was deceived at first. My senses were clouded, and I left the theater thinking that it had lived up to all expectations. My critical faculties were not refined enough at that point to see through things, and it leaves you on a high note, of course. It's a legitimately good fight scene at the end of Phantom Menace, and so that makes you want to come back for more, and I did come back for more many times in theaters. With Attack of the Clones, I don't remember ever being under any illusions that it was better than... I think it is now. I saw it a few times just out of obligation and have occasionally rewatched as part of some obligatory marathon maybe when a new movie comes out, but I don't have any dramatically different sentiments than you guys do about the overall quality. How many times did you see Phantom Menace in the theater? 
I'd have to estimate six, probably. Okay, that's not so I, bad. I, yeah, yeah, I know there there are people with many more, <laughs> even on this podcast, perhaps. <laughs> Um, and so, uh, the follow-up question, uh, is where we ask you to rank the saga. Mm. Yeah, this is a, a tough question. I haven't arranged them in my mind since Rogue One. This is now a question that we have to ask ourselves annually, right? We have to reshuffle. Yeah. Whereas yeah. it was almost cemented in our minds for many years. We knew which were our favorites and what the precise ranking is. And now there's all sorts of reordering going on. So I would say that without too much perspective on the most recent movie, I'd probably go Empire, Star Wars, Force Awakens, Rogue One, Jedi, Sith, Menace and the movie that we had the pleasure of talking about today. <laughs> so you put, uh, it's always interesting to me when people put um, the Disney era movies in the top, you know, top half of the movie. I personally also, I thought Rogue One was my number three one. So it's always, I find that interesting when people do that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to evaluate it clinically because nostalgia colors our perceptions of the movies so much that my enjoyment of say return of the jedi is probably greater than rogue one or force awakens just because i know every line and i've been watching it my whole life and you know the characters and you're attached to them so in that sense you know it probably would be third but if i can try to evaluate it i don't know in a less emotional way or just evaluate it as a movie or as storytelling or as filmmaking, I would probably bump it down a bit. So I almost have kind of an impartial ranking and a Star Wars ranking constantly warring or a Star Wars fan ranking constantly warring in my <laughs> mind. And and it's tough. I mean, I've seen Rogue One a few times. It came out a few months ago. In 20 years, I have no idea where I'll rank it. So it's almost preliminary. But like you, I would put it very close to the top three if not in it yeah it's you know it's tough because we've had no i mean even with the prequels i feel like we've had you know obviously less time to digest you know 20 20 fewer years basically to to assimilate these and make them part of our culture i feel like i've digested attack of the clones a, a sarlacc <laughs> length amount of time i don't think i need any further digestion <laughs> Uh, yeah, and of course, yeah, as time goes on, you know, I think, uh, like, Force Awakens is also a lot dependent on what happens in, you know, Episode 8 and presumably Episode 9, whereas Rogue One is kind of a self, its own self-contained little thing. But, you know, if in the next movie it turns out some, you know, that uh, Rey does some something that not a lot of people don't like, then inevitably probably Force Awakens, you know, would uh Right, want. But, right. No, she's a transformer or something. She turns into a robot, and they're like, "Wait a minute, wait!" I know, but I meant a bad thing. Right? <laughs> oh, okay. She I doesn't mean, turn into a robot. Speaking of Jedi, how would you rank the scene we just talked about in the Star Wars execution scenes pantheon? How many do we have? We or at least intended execution scenes. We've got this. We've got the Jabba's palace and the Rancor, and we've got the sail barge and the Sarlacc. Is there anything else I'm missing? 
Hmm. That's funny, actually, because, you know, according to Ring Theory, this is supposed to parallel uh, <laughs> uh, Empire, which does not hmm. have a, an execution scene in it. Are you saying like, Ring Theory much? might be bogus? <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. No, but... I'm just saying that, you know, it requires further <laughs> investigations. But... Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the Sarlacc scene, like this one, is not intended to be combat, or at least... It's not clear that it's intended to be combat. It becomes combat. I guess you could say all of these scenes really are intended to be straight-up sacrifices, right? Except that they all have a common element, which is one or more Jedi who are not easy to kill. And therefore, you get people putting up fights when they shouldn't be. But there's some expectation when you drop a Gamorrean guard down into the Rancor pit that he's going to do something entertaining, right? He's going to put up some kind of fight, although that one just cowered in fear. Maybe occasionally there's a little more to it than that. These are trained fighters, after all. There's no real <laughs> fighting Aren't a that? Sarlacc in most cases. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the what the qualifications for Gamorrean Guard are. I'm not sure if that's like an actual order or whether it's just you're a Gamorrean and you're a guard. But I would say that, yeah, usually it's just drop the person in a pit and they die and everyone gathers around. This scene, it seems like there's an expectation that there would be more combat, or at least if this is modeled on some sort of Roman uh, you know, combat, then you'd think that there would be that element to it. But Jedi exceed all expectations for execution victims. I guess if I, you know, where you asked where they rank, uh, I think if I was going to attend one of these executions, <laughs> I would rather go for the Genosian one because the Sarlacc one, they're basically just falling in a hole. You don't see <laughs> them like suffering or, you know, other than going, ah, it might as well be a pit for all the difference it makes. You don't see right. like the, right. the gore that presumably people want to go to an execution for. So I'm going to say it's the I special would... edition. Then you get yeah. some tentacles at least. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, I would, uh, in turn, then go for the Rancor Pit because that's all safely contained within a within you know <laughs> behind a, a cage. Everything's cool. You can just look down there and watch what's going on. There's very little chance that the Rancor is going to come out and eat you instead. I guess I put the Rancor in a different category because it's not like a prepared, like no one knew they were going to be seeing a Rancor thing that morning. <laughs> that's mm. true. They like well, they yeah, were just almost just like a, exciting. <laughs> exactly. oh yeah yeah definitely but I wouldn't call it an, a classic execution. There's no build up. There's no like you know. There's no there's no uh, seating. Yeah, none of the pageantry. It's just yeah, exactly. you get right to the good stuff. Yeah. According to uh, yeah. Wikipedia, we're we're backtracking here a little bit. There is a, a note that this fight was inspired by the. 1961 movie Mysterious Island. I don't know if you've talked about this or watched it, but evidently there was a scene where a shipwrecked sailor battled a giant crab, and that's where huh. you get the accolade. And uh, one of our mutual listeners who listens to your podcast and one of my podcasts, Ken Maeda, was telling me about the John Carter of Mars parallels between... Geonosis and and John Carter and how influenced George Lucas was by by that and that's a movie that I saw in theaters also for some reason the Taylor Kitsch version right. not all that long ago and I have already forgotten almost all of it but there was a lot of desert fighting so 
if you want more scenes like this one, evidently you should watch John Carter or <laughs> 1961 movie Mysterious Island. <laughs> yeah, I I would say read John Carter. Yes, maybe, maybe read John Carter first. <laughs> they're they're short, breezy little books, uh, and uh, they uh, they kind of give you they paint this kind of a thing, this kind of a picture, mm-hmm. and there's like I don't know I've only read you know four or five of them, but there's there's like a dozen I think so. That's my recommendation for the day. <laughs> I just hijacked your recommendations, but I was like, read the books. Read a book. Come on, everybody. <laughs> it's been, if you want your execution done well, go with Poggle the Greater, I guess. Poggle the Lesser just doesn't get it done. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, ben, thanks for uh, for coming on uh, here on All-Star Week. And you said you had a podcast. Do you want to give that a little another plug for everyone? Sure. I'm a man of many podcasts. So if you like baseball, you can listen to two baseball podcasts I do. I do one for The Ringer, which is called The Ringer MLB Show. I do another one at the baseball site Fangraphs, which is called Effectively Wild. And I also do a video game podcast for The Ringer called Achievement Oriented. And you can find me writing at The Ringer regularly. And I'm Twitter. I'm on Twitter also at my name, Ben Lindbergh. Cool. Uh, and you know we're on Twitter too at Star Wars Minute. You, I noticed you didn't say at. Is that is that a passe thing to say at before your Twitter <laughs> name? It's like saying www. You don't really have to say that. It's just a thing. Yeah, it just sounds so weird. Know. It just sounds so naked to just say it. we're Star Wars. I guess that's you know we're Star Wars Minute mm-hmm. on Twitter. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. All right, we're we're uh, not at Star Wars Minute on Twitter. <laughs> And we're also on Facebook. We have the Star Wars Minute Listener Society. A lot of fun stuff uh, going on over there. Great discussions and uh, friendly conversation. And uh, join in the fun, won't you? And uh, we'll have more fun tomorrow on another brand new Star Wars Minute. Star Wars Minute.